are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Check me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also follow my Strictly Blackhawks account. That's at Talkin' Hockey. If you like what you're hearing today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Still not a ton of Blackhawks news to discuss, but we do got a couple of minor details to go over. The first is that Swiss forward P.S. Suter, he has been reassigned to the ZSC Lions in Switzerland's National League. That's where he spent all of last season and won the league MVP award with 53 points in 50 games. And for some reason, Suter, he had been playing with uh, Zurich's B division team, the GCK Lions, for the past couple of games for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe it was part of the plan all along to get Suter in some B division games and then move him back up to their top division with Zurich. I don't know, but... Suter, he's back in the NLA where he belongs after putting up uh, five points in a couple of games with GCK. And I'm sure the Blackhawks are wanting Suter to play against some better competition in preparation for the upcoming season, whenever that may be. Uh, So this will be some more good experience for Suter. Not much pressure either. It's not like he really has anything to prove in the NLA still. He can kind of just go there play and work on his craft a little bit before the biggest training camp of his life as he'll try and make a push to crack the Hawks opening night roster which honestly I do expect him to do even with the logjam in the bottom six I think the Hawks would want that scoring touch in their lineup and obviously after what they saw with Dominic Kubelik and what he did in his rookie year last season he finished with 30 goals to lead all rookies and he came in third for the Calder Trophy uh, the Blackhawks, they're probably hoping that Suter will be able to do some of the same. I don't think they expect him to break out kind of like Kubelik did, but they at least know what he's capable of doing in his first year in the NHL. And one thing I want to bring up to Blackhawks fans about Suter is that I really hope you all don't give him the disadvantage of comparing his first year with the Blackhawks to Dominic Kubelik's because it's just so unlikely that Suter comes out and produces those same kinds of numbers and finds himself, you know, on the top line in the second half of the season. The odds of him having that same type of breakout as Kubelik, it's not that likely. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be expecting a lot out of Suter just because of all the similarities to Kubelik. The the contracts are the same. They both got that one-year prove-yourself deal after winning MVP over in the NLA. Um, They're both natural goal scorers, both play the wing. So, obviously, a lot of similarities there, and I just hope that doesn't skew how people look at Suter's rookie year this season. Like, if he comes out and scores 17, 18 goals and has around 35 to 40 points, people might be upset because he didn't live up to the hype that Kubelik set, but that that still would be 
a very solid first season in the NHL, playing on smaller ice, adapting to the speed of the game and whatnot. So one thing I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, please, please look at Pia Suter as his own player. Do not compare his numbers to Dominic Kubelik's from last year because those expectations are just way too high. You can't be expecting a first-year player to come out and score 30 goals. You can't expect that to happen. Um, and Suter, I mean, he's probably... I, I, just like Dominic Kubelik, he didn't start the year on the top line. Suter, he's probably expected to start the season in a bottom six role for the Blackhawks if he does, in fact, make the opening night roster. So just because the numbers probably won't be Dominic Kubelik-esque from Pia Suter, that doesn't mean that he can't be a major impact player for the Blackhawks in their forward group next season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will take care of all the news on Blackhawks forward prospect Pia Suter. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk about a former captain of the Chicago Blackhawks speaking very highly of future Hall of Fame defenseman Duncan Keith in a recent interview with the Blackhawks Talk podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilko, the protein and energy gel your body needs on the go. Bilko comes in a squeezable plastic container which makes it super easy to eat on the go before a workout, for your breakfast before a long day of work, and also just a tasty snack around the house. Everyone has that wall they need to break through every day to get their body going, whether it be physically or mentally, and Bilko is the perfect protein and energy source to get you ready for whatever your day is going to throw at you. Right now, Bilko is offering 20% off, but only to lockdown listeners. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now, click on the Built Go section at the top, and use our promo code LOCKED in all caps to get 20% off your first Built Go order. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at JackBushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. All right, so we just wrapped up talking about P.S. Suter being reassigned to his former team, the ZSC Lions of Switzerland's NLA, where he won league MVP last season. Now let's move on to a pretty cool interview that took place over the weekend with former Blackhawks defenseman Adrian Acoin, who captained the Blackhawks back in their dark days. He was the captain for the 2005-2006 season, and Acoin, he jumped on the Blackhawks Talk podcast over the weekend. That's NBC Sports Chicago's Blackhawks podcast, and they talked about a lot of cool topics, what it was like to be part of the Hawks back then, how Acoin thinks the rebuild is looking at the moment, but one topic in particular that I wanted to talk about was a coin's thoughts on Duncan Keith and what Keith was like way back when he was a youngster, before the three Stanley Cups, 
before the two Norris trophies, and it was pretty awesome to hear a coin just share some stories from back in the old days. And as I said, he was the captain in the 2005-2006 season. That was actually Keith's rookie year, his first year in the NHL, the start of it all. And a coin, he shared a story about Keith coming into training camp when he was trying uh, to make the opening night roster for that 2005-2006 season. And what he said was that Keith, he came in and basically he hadn't rode the bike all summer. He did his jogs and unique workouts and stuff, but he never hit the bike once. And in the NHL, they do these O2 tests to see how well conditioned you are and how much oxygen you can take and whatnot. And they do this on the bike. So with Keith not biking all summer, a coin thought, this this kid's crazy coming out here trying to make the team not riding the bike all summer. And then boom. Keith rides the bike for like 25 minutes or something in the O2 test, while the average time for most guys is like 12 to 15 minutes. And a coin, he also added that the, the smaller guys like Keith, those are usually the ones that tap out early on the bike. Well, not Keith. He had to be told to get off that bike after 20 25 minutes or so. And that's when a coin said he, he kind of looked at himself and was like, okay, we're. <laughs> We're not sure how good of a hockey player this guy is yet, but he's for sure in great shape. And, and well, it, it wouldn't even take long for them to figure out how good of a player Keith was, but it's just a cool story to hear how Keith's conditioning, even as a rookie, we know he has an insane work ethic, and, and the guy, I mean, he can skate forever. He has, I, for, people forget this, Duncan Keith, has two postseasons, and this isn't where he played four or five games or something. He has two postseasons where he averaged over 30 minutes a game for the Blackhawks. That's just ridiculous. He was playing over half the game throughout the Blackhawks' postseason runs. Um, but <laughs> that shouldn't come as much a surprise. That that doesn't come out of nowhere because Keith, he's always been a hard worker in terms of his training regimen and everything. So it's cool to hear that even as a rookie, even as what, he was probably... 21, 22 years old, he was still that well-conditioned, and his work ethic was that insane, and I'm sure that played a huge part in the success he's had throughout his career. And one last thing that I really never thought about until I heard a coin mention it, Keith was such a huge part of the transition to the modern-day defenseman. Like, when you think back about the early 2000s, you think about a lot of big physical defensemen. That that was the typical top pairing guy back then. Six foot three, six foot four, run you into the boards, knock you off the puck, play a physical style of play. And Keith, not the biggest, not the strongest, but he was the hardest worker. And you bet he was going to be in better shape than you. And he would skate circles around you. And, and that really changed the prototypical defenseman in the NHL. A coin used the term revolutionized when describing what Keith has done to the position. And that's 100% true. You look at all these young guys coming up in the NHL right now. They're all skilled with the puck on their stick and they can all skate like no other. And Keith was one of the first guys to have a ton of success playing that way as a smaller guy on the back end. So just really cool to hear a coin give Keith those props that he is so deserving of. And it was just really awesome to hear what Keith was like before all the recognition and all the accolades over the last decade and a half. All right, Locked On Blackhawks listeners, I think that finishes up everything a coin had to say about future Hall of Fame defenseman Duncan Keith. 
Coming up in just a minute, I am going to continue to talk about a coin's interview, and I'm going to discuss his opinion on the state of the Blackhawks' rebuild at the moment. Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, the Blackhawks, or anything that has to do with their draft picks and their moves during the free agency period. Okay, so we just finished up discussing former Blackhawks captain Adrian Acoin's stories on Duncan Keith as a young defenseman. Now I also wanted to be sure to bring up what Acoin had to say on the state of the Blackhawks' rebuild at the moment. And as I said earlier in the episode, Acoin was the captain here in Chicago for the 2005-2006 regular season, which, as you know, was not exactly the golden era of the Chicago Blackhawks. And it's funny, Acoin told the story about how he and some of his teammates, they'd go out on the streets handing out a couple of business cards that had a pair of free tickets before each game, and people would literally look at them and be like, wow, the Blackhawks are still a team? And they would actually deny the free tickets. Like, that's how bad the hockey scene was in Chicago from 1997 to 2006. It was really bad. So, Acoin, he's been through the tough times here in Chicago himself. And in, in his opinion, this rebuild won't be anything close to the dark ages that he experienced because there's just still so much pedigree in that locker room with Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, and as long as those guys are here in a coin's opinion, they won't allow the Blackhawks to be bottom feeders routinely in this league like they were for a decade not all that long ago. And I know it's been a tough last couple of years, but it was nothing like those days back in the early 2000s. And also, a coin made sure to talk about all the young talent the Blackhawks have. Kirby Doc, he's been really good so far in his short NHL career. Adam Boquist had a good first professional season. And that's one thing uh, that a coin wanted, wanted to add, that there's a lot of uh, youth and hope coming up in the organization right now. And when he was here, there, wa- there wasn't uh, too much of that going on throughout um the franchise. And one one thing he did add though that's questionable, of course, is the goaltending position, which yeah, I understand there's worries there, but at the same time, most of those guys, Colin Delia, Malcolm Subban, Kevin Lankinen, they're all still pretty young and inexperienced. So we don't even really know what we have with them at the moment. So although that is a question mark, there was something there that gave the organization confidence to go with those guys. So Obviously, there was a reason they went with that decision. Acoin also thinks that uh, the transition from a well-respected guy like Joel Quenville to a young coach like Jeremy Colleton, that was going to be a, a tough transition naturally. I mean, they went from arguably the greatest coach in NHL history to a very young leader in the locker room, a guy who has no NHL experience from behind the bench. So those transition years, they were going to happen with... All the changes, not only to the roster, but also from a coaching standpoint as well. And that's why Acoin thinks the Blackhawks are going to be just fine down the road. And of course, after three cups in six years, the fans, they're not going to be happy with the results lately because 
the expectations now are just really <laughs> too unrealistic and they're not going to be matched, but that's okay. You're not going to win the cup every season. And right now, it's important for the Blackhawks to reassemble their pieces of the puzzle together. And a coin thinks they have done just that in Chicago. And that's why this rebuild won't be anything like the Blackhawks went through during the late 90s and early 2000s. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, November 4th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news from all 31 teams around the league. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, hit me on one of my two Twitter accounts, or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Friday's episode, thank you again for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.